everyone back to another episode of the team blaney podcast my name is adam rogers and alongside me as always is co-host steve mez if it's your first time listening this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans steve and i have been following the blaney racing family for two decades and team blaney itself has been offering news notes and analysis to fans on social media since 2014 so go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of ryan blaney's run in the season finale 500 this past weekend at phoenix raceway steve welcome back to our last recap episode of the season yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's the end of the year um it you know it's bittersweet this is the year of bittersweet i think and uh it was a, well, a microcosm of that uh on uh, on the weekend so we'll definitely go through all this and uh go through all the different stages of grief i think before the end of the episode but uh what's great about it is that you know next year is another year there's already guys you know talking about next year and what they're going to do next year and how they're going to do this and that next year and um that's always good you got that next opportunity in front of you and uh you know everybody is still pretty young in the sport you know, if this was one of the younger final fours they've had, I believe. So, uh, you know, Joey at 32 really isn't that old of a guy yep. uh, to win a championship. Uh, as a matter of fact, somebody pointed out, I think Jimmy Johnson's first championship was when he was 31. Oh, okay. So how about that? You know, at, you know, he was like 30, 31, 32, you know, and he, he's winning his first t- or maybe his second championship. I'm sorry. His second championship, he was 31. So, you know, and then he rips off, he did rip off five in a row somewhere in there, but you know, uh, for a 28 year old, uh, driver that we follow, um, it's, there's still a lot, a lot ahead. Right. And, um, you know, this year was frustrating sometimes and it was really good sometimes. And, uh, you and I, um, we'll talk about this a little later, I think had a great year, uh, following all this and, uh, being in the middle of it and, and meeting people and, um, re- you know, the recaps have got, hopefully gotten better as we've been doing this podcast, uh, I'm trying to to get better at it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that as we've done it more and more in two years worth now that we're having a real good time doing it and having a good time uh, talking to people about it. Um, you know, I was wearing one of my shirts the other day and in the grocery store and, you know, somebody's like, Hey, lady. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm just in the grocery store, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was really cool. People, uh, people are, uh, are into it and that's, uh, it's cool. So obviously NASCAR rolled into Phoenix this weekend uh, to crown three champions in the truck series, the Xfinity series, the cup series Um, in the Xfinity series. I'll jump ahead a little bit um, because I just wanted to, uh, to point this out. Ty Gibbs uh, runs an extremely clean race uh, and goes on and wins the championship celebrates. And then immediately Sunday morning, you know, everyone's, um, kind of in disarray a little bit because rumors are, are running around and then we find out his dad just just hours after celebrating with Ty uh, Coy Gibbs passed away in his sleep Sunday morning in Phoenix and um, you know there's supposed to be a weekend of celebration and um, you know tragedy strikes the Gibbs family and this isn't the first time Joe uh, the coach has already lost his other son and now he's lost both sons both at age 49 and 
Um, so I think for from Steve and I and everybody else involved with Team Blaney, and I'm sure all the Blaney fans, just condolences out to the Gibbs family uh, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was a, a weird, weird, weird situation because the first thing social media was talking about is uh, there was some sort of family issue and they were trying to find somebody to drive the car. And then maybe it was a 20 minutes, half hour later, you found out why. Um, so very, very, very sad, sad weekend. Uh, put a put a real um, it is real interesting to hear the different people talk about, well, why would we still race? And, um, you know, I think it was Kyle Bush even that said that, well, this is what we do, yeah. you know, and and um, just uh, it's just a very, very sad thing to have happen. Um, but, um, you know, hopefully they'll be able to get get through it, um, you know. It, it just takes time like anything else, I guess. On a poor, on a more um, positive note for the weekend, since I, I skipped ahead, uh, the Camping World Truck Series, the last weekend actually as the Camping World Truck Series, as the as the, the title sponsor will revert back to Craftsman next year, which is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. It's kind of cool. Um, Zane Smith goes out there and dominates portions of the race in true Zane Smith fashion, you know, comes back to front, back to front <laughs> a couple of times there. And uh, third time's a charm, as he said, all year long, wins the Truck Series championship, but somebody else was along for the ride. Well, that's the best part. Um, You know, those of you know and know the podcast now for the last two years, um, you know, great contributor and a great guy. uh, Josh Williams is Zane Spotter for the the Truck Series. And um, they've been working at this, you know, for the for this last couple of years. Um, last year, uh, Martinsville, he banged his way into the final four, literally yeah. banged his way in to win the race and get in. And, uh, Josh got a clock from that, uh, Zane bottom <laughs> a clock. Um, but this year, uh, you know, Josh gets to say, uh, he's champion and, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, you could hear, uh, Zane's post-race interview. He said something about Josh got a little emotional on the, on the thing and he's never heard him do that before. And I heard it too, you know, cause I've listening to Josh, even during those races. Um, he has a great calming factor, um, as a spotter uh, is really, really good at getting guys to be patient sometimes when they need to be patient. And, uh, Zane had two different pit stops. I believe that weren't very good, yeah. <laughs> had some issues, lost some spots and Josh, did a really good job of just kind of reining Zane in and just saying something to get him kind of clicked back into where he needed to be. And then Zane just went out and just executed from that point forward. Um, it just showed a really good combination of things, the things that we already know from Josh, um, the way he works with Ryan um, and uh, you know, congratulations to Josh Williams. I think it's a really, really great thing. Um, that he was able to finish finish his season as champion there. Yeah, incredible year for them because what they kicked off the season with a victory at Daytona, they end the season with the victory at Phoenix and the championship. Uh, and so, congratulations to Zane Smith, uh, Josh Williams. I guess we're gonna have to call him Champ from now on. Anytime. Yeah, I, well, see how him, did right? I put it? That's uh, NASCAR craft. Uh, well, it's gonna be Craftsman, yeah. but yeah, uh, <laughs> Na- <laughs> yeah. See, so you got me saying it already. Uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series Championship Spotter. There you go. It rolls right off the tongue. So those were the two championships handed out before the big day on Sunday. And when and we learned if you win the poll. That's true. Yep. You won the championship, won the right? Poll, you won the championship. So uh, let's talk about that third championship that was won this weekend at Phoenix Raceway as we dive into our recap again of Ryan Blaney's run in the season finale 500 at Phoenix. 
So yeah, they this weekend was a weird one for practice and stuff. They did a practice. All kinds of practice. Yeah, they had all big long practice on Friday, not even, you know. So I don't even know, was it 50 minutes? Is that what it was? I think. Yeah, and 50 did, minute practice Friday, they, and then they, they did qualifying the, Saturday, and then they, they did it all. Yeah, it went into night too, which I thought was weird. Yeah, that's the thing I wrote in my notes here. Um, so Ryan ran 62 laps in practice. He was 0.041 behind the one car, but the five, the 10, the 15, the 20 lap averages, he was the top one. And I wrote this practice is so late in the, in, in the day. It probably has, will have nothing that translates to Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it started in the day. So I think they got maybe their first uh, 20 laps was about yeah. under daylight, but yeah, all the, and you mean all the NBC guys in the booth. Um, yeah. They're like, Oh yeah. The one did put down a good lap, uh, but they were all talking about the 12 car the whole way through. Yeah. Uh, so Saturday they did qualifying and, uh, you know, Ryan did a pretty nice job getting into the, you know, into the, into the final 10 and then 0.003 behind the 22. Um, I was trying not to get my hopes up because I thought initially I was like, all right, he's probably going to start fifth or sixth because these other guys are going to come put some good laps down. Yeah. And then the, the time kept holding steady and held steady and held steady. I was like, he's going to sweep the pole at Phoenix this year. And then here comes Joey. Yeah. Well, you know, give it to Joey, you know, um, you know, he's, that was the thing is the 22, you know, qualified first, the nine car was fifth, the 20 car was 17th and the the one car was 25th. And that I couldn't understand. You know, you thought, I don't say they should be one, two, three, four or one, you know, all in the top six or eight, but I would thought that they would all been like top 10. You know, maybe in years past it was like that, but as with everything this year with the next gen car, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot equal. And I think maybe the times are a little bit more equal and yeah. Um, but those guys had fast cars. It showed during the race. Yeah. Yeah. They, they came, you know, same thing we saw during the season with like Ryan certain times where he didn't necessarily qualify, uh, in the top 10, but 12th or 14th, but then by the end of the stage, he's, you know, top five, you know, so, um, pit stall, uh, 10, um, which is right was right before the bend, I guess. Uh, it was behind the um, oh sorry, yeah, opening in front of him, and the ninety nine was behind him, and uh, the stages were sixty, one eighty five, three twelve, nine sets of tires, and ninety to ninety seven laps of in a fuel run, and this becomes interesting uh, later too. Um, you know, Roger comes on early on to wish everybody luck, and uh, it, it's been interesting because Roger's been on ever since the Indy uh, IndyCar season ended he's been on all the radios for all the drivers. So he jumps in sometimes here and there and he'll jump in a little later too. Um, by lap one, he, uh, he clears the 14 car gets to second behind the 22. And then, you know, he's about six tenths back about 10 laps in, uh, lap 13. He tells Josh to let Joey know it's okay to run uh, two tires in the resin. So he's trying to give him feedback, like, uh, I'm going to run a different line, and then I'll let you know how that line is going, uh, which is kind of interesting communication. Um, uh, lap 20, Josh tells him he's a tenth better than anything behind him. So, you know, um, at lap 22, Ryan uh, stopped the wall. <laughs> TV, it took TV about 10 minutes to find it, I guess. Uh, because he was running about a second back at the 22. Then all of a sudden he's 2.5 seconds back at the 22. Um, I caught it, you know, 
on the communication stuff, but um, it's pretty dramatic drop off. It was like, whoa, yeah, whoa, so, what whoa. happened there? But he still, but he still had a gap back to third. So, you know, Jonathan gets on there at lap 25, tells him everything looks okay. So they, you know, looked at pictures of damage and so forth. Um, lap 30, he's back to gaining on the 22. So this is, this is an interesting thing here. Now, this is how fast the car was all day. The 22 won the race. And we'll talk about that later, but, the 12 car was actually the fastest car the whole race. Um, by lap 35, he's less than a second back. Uh, lap 40, they're into some lap traffic and so forth, but he is only 2.23 uh, seconds back. Um, and he tells Josh to tell Joey he does not need to worry about me. So once again, being the team player here, and then, you know, don't worry about me. Just go ahead and run your race up there. Um and uh, at lap 60, the 22 wins the stage. Ryan is second. You know, he, he got it within less than a half a second and kind of hung out there. And once again, he I guarantee you he could have came up past him. Yeah. And he just didn't need to. He decided, you know, not decided. I'm sure it was like a thing they talked about ahead of time. You know, anytime you're in this situation, just to kind of. Because honestly, for Ryan, out. for Ryan, points meant absolutely nothing because he's out of the owner's championship going into the playoffs. So Ryan's going to finish 17th uh, in the owner's championship, no matter no matter what. And that's kind of where the money is. So um, he doesn't need to earn these stage points to move up one or two positions in the driver's standings at the end of the day. So, and there's just no reason to go up and battle your teammate. That's trying to win a championship because anything could happen. He could yeah. run over something, get underneath them and cut a tire and then end the day for both of them. So I definitely respect his, his position there early on, not to push it. And they both had good cars. There's no reason to use up the equipment. And stage two, we're going to see too, how fast they really yep. are. Um, the, the, cause the pit stop here at the break, uh, they go in second to come out seventh. Now, once again, TV is not concentrating on Ryan, uh, even though he's one of the top cars. Um, somebody, like almost fell we're not well did trip and fall i guess coming around the front of the car when they from changing the right side to the left side so yeah that's something that i could actually literally see from the in car um and TV caught out, up with it a little bit later and said a hose a hose hung up so i think the hose hung up and the guy went basically flying because flying of that, because so. of it so um and pit road as we're going to see later in the race talk about somebody else later in the race is a dangerous place so um the choose comes, uh, the leader is 22. He takes the bottom. Ryan takes the bottom. And this is the great part about the restarts at Phoenix because they scatter going down there and Jack, oh, five, six wide, you know, I hear bottom of three, bottom of four, you know, and, uh, he tries going low at lap 71. He's racing with the nine and the 20 at lap 80. He passes the nine. He gets up to seventh again. Um, at lap 82, uh, passes the 20 he's up to sixth and he's 4.4 seconds back of the leader at this point then we get our caution at lap 85 for the uh 47 and the 77 this is uh you know uh the menards is the call here for four tires pitting in uh fifth the 41 stayed out the 43 took two tires so he's sixth coming coming out of here um so the 41 is going to be the taking the top and Ryan uh, actually ends up being seventh for the cone, taking the bottom. They restart lap 89. He's bottom of four, bottom of three, bottom of four, bottom of three, <laughs> uh, two laps in. He's up to fourth 
The 22 is leading at lap 92. He passes the 43. He's up to third. At lap 99, he passes the uh, five car. He's up to second. And he's 2.73 back of the 22 at this point. Now, lap 110, Josh um, asks Jonathan about fuel. And um, Jonathan basically tells him we're good till the end of the stage. We should be good, right? They should be right on the number. Um, which seemed to be a rarity because everybody else was everybody else nervous. Was, yeah. TV was talking about all kinds of different people having problems or going to have problems. Um, at this point, he's 1.79 back of the 22. Um, five laps later, he's 0.85 back of the 22 at lap 15 more laps. He's 0.44 back of the 22. Now um, <clears throat> he, he does lose a little bit of this and he gains it back. Um at lap 150, they are talking about saving fuel a little bit here. Um, and by lap 155, there's no traffic in the way. So, and he just starts being in clean air. And it, at this point, he's less than two tenths back of the 22. Uh, he, Ryan does ask if he should save at this point. Johnson says, nope, we're good. And uh, so he just goes ahead and at lap 157 passes the 22, gets the first. And then uh, within four three or four laps he's over a second ahead of him um john they, tells- they were telling the 22 to stop shifting which uh, clearly on tv he was not listening yeah so i don't right. know if that was just a diversion to try to get other people to think that oh, they but, were they were close yeah. on fuel too but yeah they were telling joey to save stop shifting and like nothing changed from some things i heard heard podcasts and so forth that the the fuel mileage on the toyotas and the fords were pretty good i guess and that some of the chevys may have been having issue um because Jonathan says to manage the gap a little bit to save for ins- just to ensure. Um, <laughs> lap 172, he, he's trying to lap the 99, and he says somebody's going to get moved here. But uh, in the, a couple, couple laps later, the 99 does get out of the way. Uh, at lap 180, he's 2.67 ahead of the 22. And um, it's interesting because, you know, um, Josh says something about smooth your smooth your on your fuel here is what he says. And I don't know, like TV was making it sound like he was like out of gas or something like that. But he, yeah, it looked like I mean the the shot on TV looked like Ryan was gonna hit the wall. And that's what it looked that's what it appeared like. And then yeah, he started swerving. So it right. It looked so like he was running out of fuel. They made it sound like all that. You don't want to what my personal opinion is, and this is something from the in car that I saw. But right before the start finish line, the 21 car come flying by. And it was the last car that Ryan had lapped. And it's one thing to be the lucky dog because the lucky dog does get to lap back, but the lucky dog also has to start tailing the longest line. But if you're that last car on the lead lap and, and, and the caution happens, you know, when you're done pitting, you know, wherever you pit, that's where you start. So you could end up, you know, back in the mix, at least not have to drive through a bunch of lap cars. And I have, a, I had just have a weird feeling. That's what actually happened there is that they gave, uh, he gave the 21 his lap back before, before the end of the stage, because he still won the stage. Won up by a good two seconds over Joey. And then afterward, they're talking about, well, if you need to use your fuel switch to get to pit road, then go ahead and do that. And he never, yeah, never ended up having to do that. So well, that was a good deed. Like you said, I mean, there's a pretty decent chunk of guys that were lapped at that point, I think, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, good for them. I mean, I'll, or again, second uh, 
time that he's really stepped up to help a teammate in this race and yeah. good with it. Yeah, that's um so they pit pit coming in first and they come out first. And um <clears throat> definitely really rebounded from that that stop early on, which again, yeah. it wasn't really a skills thing. It was more mm-hmm. of a I don't even know bad timing, something for the hose to get caught. The hose but... get caught. It does. It happens rarely, but when it happens, it you know. Yeah. So it'll, they've it'll been they've been making up for it going on going yeah. on through the rest of the race. They do some air pressure adjustment here, um, and uh, lap one ninety two is our restart. Ryan takes the bottom here, and at this point, the the twenty two is running fifth, the nine is running sixth, the five is running eighth. Um, I I included the five in there because he's still in the the owners owners championship uh the one's running ninth and the 20s running 11th and now they they mentioned that the 22s crew was flawless all day long and this actually was the one stop where they weren't and it wasn't again it wasn't like an awful stop but i think it might have gotten into the 11 second range mm-hmm. uh so he went from second to second to fifth in this in this go and um uh but the rest of the way they're they're pretty good yeah and right away we get a caution for the 34 and the eight um spinning in in three and four and yeah in three and four uh ryan's talking about the 14 laying way back on the restart and that they've talked to them i guess the driver's uh thing about not doing that <laughs> he says they may want to look at that um that's been an all year long thing and quite honestly i've seen ryan do it too so they <laughs> said w- with this car and with the restarts like one of the best ways to get a big run and it kind of worked with the old car too but they said especially with these ones to if there's any way you can lay back a little bit you can get a big run and plus at phoenix i mean you're trying to lay back to get a run to then swoop down you know on the inside or go high or something like that so i'm not shocked but you know again the 14 you know they're not in the championship anymore mm-hmm. running up front still so whatever has gone on with that team like well they're really good at this track too yeah, right that, that's true they won the race earlier in the season but right. that 14 so. car man it's really been shocking how good they've been the last mm-hmm. quarter of the year mm-hmm. um so we do another restart here at lap 199 ryan choosing the bottom and then we get the caution on the restart for the nine uh and the one car um hashtag not clear not clear okay um i i love you know we love chase he's a he's a good obviously best yeah, friends with ryan not happy about it but it's still yeah it just was but not clear not clear and uh, that if you want to look at it um and it could have been anybody that's the funny part is it, you know of course it's two guys that are in the final four but it, it could have been anybody and he was not clear of what, what he did there and i don't know if because it's hard to say but between driver communication with the spotter or that camera that they use, um, how much of that bumper, the rear they can see. Um, but he had, you know, the one card already made basically got into position underneath him. At that point, you've got to hold your line going into that turn. You might want to pinch him or so or something, but from where he did, what he did, they weren't even there yet. They weren't even into the turn yet. And it just kind of, it, it hurt. Well, it's, it hurt the, the nines day for sure. It pretty much ended the nines day. Uh, the TV communication is interesting because the TV is like playing back stuff. And the crew chief is like, well, you know, you uh, know, you know, nobody said it was his fault. And that's kind of a bad yeah, Chase thing. is asking, is yeah. asking whether that he thought it was, they thought it was intentional and they yeah. would not commit to it, but they also would not tell him, you know, to, to settle tr- down. So. The truth. Yeah. They should tell him the truth because you know, later on, and luckily he doesn't do it later on, but this is something that for the future reference for these guys, you know, you egg somebody on and then you're wrong about it. And later on he goes and does something because he thinks he's right because you told him he's right. 
that doesn't, it's not a good look on you, you know, be honest with the kid, let him know that. Yeah, you didn't, you weren't clear, you know, whether it was a spotter not clearing you properly or what you saw in the camera thing, you know, you, you weren't clear. I thought in this moment, because they got the car back and running, but I guess the repair, they didn't replace any parts. They actually just got a tool that came in and bent everything back into place. So, cause if, if people watch this happened to Ryan early in the season, Chase's steering wheel was like turned all the way to the right mm-hmm. or the left. One of the ways like, you know, halfway. And then when he came back out of the pits, it was back straight up and down because they, they had bent everything back into place, but those parts still aren't going to work. But I thought I'm like, here it is. Here's this classic Chase Elliott, you know, almost like the Roval, something like that. He's going to be a lap down. He's going to get that lap back. He's going to win the championship. And mm-hmm. um, that doesn't end up happening because the car is a little bit is too, is too it's busted up. Worse, but, yeah. um, but I was, you know, honestly pretty impressed that they were able to at least even get back out there and only be a yeah. lap down. Yeah. Um, so we were starting lap 204 here. Ryan choosing the low by three and four. He's clear. Um, the 22 is up to third at this point. And we get the uh, 14 car in second. And he's about a second and a half up on the 14 car uh, at lap 220. Um, at lap 230, he puts the nine car two laps down. And he's 1.45 up on second at this point, the 14 car. Um, but lap 240, he's 2.2 ahead of uh, the 14. And then they say we're about 10 to 15 away from green flag stops. But actually at lap 247, the 20 and the 14 pit, lap 249, Ryan pits. And their pit stops for green flag pitting went really well because, like I said, he was 2.2 ahead when this all started. He does get back out um, about a second ahead, almost a second ahead of the 14. Which Uh, checks out on the math because the 14 pits ahead of the 12 and and new tires were worth about a second. So it really made sense to where the way this cycled back out. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to get into what happens next, but yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's just so, still shows you a fast car is important though. Yeah. The, the 22 and the 20 were fourth and fifth coming out of there. So the 22 was still in a position to, you know, to win the championship at this point. And, um, yeah, by lap 260, the, he has gapped the, the 14, he's almost two seconds ahead. And this is where, where I look my thing about my favorite thing to say is stink up the show. This is what I thought this was going to be great. You know, he'd come back out in front of the guy. He's got more than enough a lead on him now. He's starting to gap him, starting to be two tenths faster. We'll just run this thing to the end. We're Cruising. good to go. We'll get the win. Joey is doing the same thing from his position. Joey was in the top position of the championship four. He was starting to gap the guy behind him. Boom. Perfect. They both do what they got to do. There but, wasn't that many laps left either. I was like, you know, I think we'd get down to nearly where it's 50 to go. And I'm like, that's not that many laps at Phoenix. Yeah. And lap 268, we had a caution for the 48 <sighs> and then the 34 hits the 48 and guys running in 28th place or 25th place or wherever the heck they were caused this whole thing to go up in smoke. And it's just. <sighs> it's unfortunate. Did I mean, in your, I mean, ever spoiler, most people listening know what happens in the end of this race, but I, act, I had that gut feeling right then that 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 was it that mm-hmm. I thought maybe stra- I actually thought maybe it was going to be strategies like how the 41 and some other stayed out earlier. Mm-hmm. I thought some some people are going to go for two tires here or stay out and it's going to yeah. mess up the whole lineup and then there's going to be chaos on the next restart. So 
I think I was already, you talked about uh, stages of grief uh, people were going through. This is kind of when I entered, uh, <laughs> <laughs> entered going through that process because they had, the car had just been so good. Ryan could put it wherever he wanted on the track. He could lose some spots on pit road like they did and he can gain them right back on the track. Like, um, and then this, something like this happens when look like he was going to cruise away to keep the streak alive, get that first uh, points win of the season. And yeah, like you said, a couple of guys racing for 25th end yeah. up uh, ruining well, things. Yeah. So then we get, you know, we, we do pit four tires, everybody pits. Um, and he goes in first, comes out second to the 14. And to me, that doesn't bother me one bit. Okay, he lost one spot on pit row, but he lost it to a car I know he can pass. Um, Let's talk about the choose. And though. then the next, here's the yeah, here's the thing though. Like during the during this afterward, they're like, okay, Josh and Ryan are talking about what to do, what lane to take on the restart. Um, you know, Ryan's thinking, well, I could take take a low and start from the third position and then fan out. You know, but I don't know how 14 is going to protect that line. To me personally, and this is what he did, and, and I thought this was going to work too, he took the high line. Um, Jonathan told him uh, right beforehand, take what you want, okay? Because I think that was also part of the discussion. part we weren't hearing on the scanners is that they were also trying to figure out what to do with where the 22 was lining up and then the other cars in the championship four because we wanted to help the 22 at this point too. Um, so he... Or at least not hurt come on, them. take him, tell him, take what lane you, right. It, t- yeah. Take what lane you want. So Ryan does take the top. Now I think this is the smart move because I think he has the best car out there and it didn't matter where he started. And I was thinking, man, if he starts on the top, he can maybe pin the 14 down coming out of three and four or something and get it back within a lap or two, whatever it is. But uh, that's kind of what I was going to say. I wasn't too wrapped up in it because I thought even if he comes out of this third or even fourth, we saw what he did in one of those previous runs where, there was enough time. I don't remember how many laps are to go. You'll know, you'll note it, but yeah, it's um, lap here. So, tw- you know, yeah, that was 30, just enough time for him to 10, yeah. 15 laps, be able to get back to the lead. So I wasn't very concerned. I was more concerned about being caught in chaos. Yeah. They, um, but I was thinking that the outside line, literally within a lap or two, he had just passed him on the outside because I, th- he was that much better. Um, but once again, the melee of what happens on these restarts, the cars coming up underneath and the different things you got to do. And he sorts out to about third, uh, the 14 leads. Joey's actually up to second. So Joey had a really good restart from where he was back there. He got himself up in there. Um, and you know, to lap 282, you know, Joe, uh, I'm sorry, 283, Joey takes the lead and Ryan's in third at that point. Um, lap 285 he passes the 14 to get to second and he's 1.3 back of the 22. And so what is this? That's 15, 22 laps to go piece of cake is 20, what I'm thinking. Or 15, 25 yeah. 15 laps to go. So something like that. So 25 to six, 27 laps to go. I'm sorry. And you know, at this point, you know, yeah, he, he can yeah. get to him. He's oh, yeah. two tenths, three tenths faster. Um, and Right, right around. Uh, actually, I got it right around lap two ninety here. That Roger comes on and says, um, "You're his wingman, bud. You're his wingman." I mean, that's literally I quoted it. Uh, that's like actually how he put it. And at that point, Ryan is point four back. Yeah, and was gaining all <laughs> the way was, up until. Oh, that like point. I said, he was two tenths faster every lap and could have passed easily. Now, 
at this point, the one car is third and coming and coming. And, um, they start giving the gap. Um, Josh starts giving the gap from the 22 to the one to kind of let Ryan know where the one is and whether, when he's coming and how close he's getting, um, everybody, you know, we want Ryan to win. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. That's, what we, that's why we do this, you know, part of why we do this podcast. We, we love him as a driver. We love what he does on the track and off the track and we want him to win. Roger coming on doing what he did was Roger being the boss, the owner that, you know, and he, they can't technically have team orders per se, but it's kind of team orders, you know, and, and, any other series of racing, like Formula One stuff, you they do this stuff. They just do it. They just say it. You know, you're gonna yeah, do this. You're gonna do it. It's, it's normal. Um, Ryan, and we could tell later on after the race, Ryan wanted to win this race as much as anything else. Um, the thing is, is what he does here is really, really good. And the reason it's really, really good is because he does do what needs to be done to help win a championship. Um, brought brought up. Ty Gibbs, we we're talking about this beforehand. Ty Gibbs, the week week prior, um, could have helped helped his teammate get into the final four, and just ran him over instead. Yeah, being selfish, and um, I would rather Ryan be mad after the race, but still do the right thing to help than be selfish and maybe cause something bad to happen. Um. So Ryan does manage this gap, you know, really well, make sure that the one doesn't really even get a sniff, um, of getting up to Joey, uh, and, you know, Joey wins the championship. Ryan does finish second, but like I said, there's, there's so much ahead, <laughs> you know, the big picture is this is this year. This is what happened this year. Um, I'm sure I guarantee you that if Ryan was part of the final four, and this was the way it laid out. Uh, Joey, he would have passed Joey. He would have found a way to pass Joey, or he would have wrecked Joey to pass him. Mind you, you don't want that to happen. Yeah. But, 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 you know, running for the championship versus, um, you know, just running for for a win, and somebody else on your team is running for a championship. Uh, Ryan really, really showed a lot of class in helping him. Um, like I said, the post race stuff gets a little you know, cause he's irritated. He wanted to win, you know, we needed, you know, all year. That's all you've been hearing about is how you didn't win. And, um, he's a winner, whether he, you know, wins on the track or not and doing what he did proves that, you know, Roger, you know, Roger did come on and Roger did in post-race. What, how did he, he what was his quote post-race? Um, yeah. So in, in victory lane after, um, Rogers being interviewed and they actually asked like, were you hoping, were you cheering for, you know, Blaney to get up there and get that, get that win? Um, because they knew the 22 was in a, in a pretty decent spot that the one probably wasn't going to catch him, but you know, they're asking Roger, you know, do you kind of wish, you know, Ryan could have got that win, finish one, two, you still get, you get the win and the championship and Roger and Roger isn't shy about uh, what he said. I mean, he says it to the national audience there. I think I told him on the radio with about 10 to go, you're his wingman. I think we were fine the way we were mm -hmm. is what he said. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of, you know, the post-race people who just, they show the frustration that they saw Ryan give. Okay. And it's understandable, but the reality is, is that if Ryan gets up there and starts racing with Joey races, Joey's going to race him. 
Joey's not just going to let him go by. Okay. Even though Joey knows he's that much faster, but Joey just won't do that. He's just not in his DNA. And the problem with that is by the two of them are doing that for two or three laps. Guess who pops up right behind him? the one car be one right car. in the mix. And then all of a sudden we've got a three bay battle for the lead, or maybe Ryan does finally pass him. And now all of a sudden we've got the one car and the 22 car battling for the championship right behind Ryan. And the 20 wins the championship yeah, I was gonna say, because as you the, said the 20, because wins. because the, because the, <laughs> yeah, the 20 wins the championship because the 22 and the one car decide to, you know, it's smash up derby time for the championship, you know? And um, these are all things that, you know, you don't have, time to think about you know all you have is those things sometimes are said and that the you know roger getting on the radio and saying it the way he said it you know it's like i said today he might not be as frustrated or maybe he'll be frustrated all off season who knows you know um hopefully all this stuff is returned in, in kind at some point you know um because there were points in times actually during the, during the, the, the round of eight after um, Joey won his race, the next two races uh, where Joey actually did things on track to help Ryan, believe it or not. And people didn't see it or hear about it. Um, we did, we talked about it in, in here because there were a couple of times where Joey let him right past him on the track to make sure he had position for things or, you know, Joey didn't race him hard on certain situations. So um, it's just a different level because it's for the championship and for a win of a race and those kind of things. Um, but if those things were to worked out the, the, the weeks prior, like I said, for Ryan, then Ryan would have been racing him for the championship and it's a whole different ball game. There would have been all bets would have been off at that point. And, uh, you know, hopefully next year, that's what we're seeing. Yeah. I think, um, looking over here at my team Penske hat that I have behind me and it, it's making me think, you know, I think they, they named it team Penske for a reason. And you'll hear the drivers talk about this. Ryan talked about it after the, the disappointment in the Daytona 500, where, you know, he pushes Austrian Cindric to the front. And he said, you know, his first thought was to make sure that team Penske wins the race. And second thought was I win the race. So mm-hmm. that's kind of baked into their DNA. I think they know it when they sign contracts that that's how, that's how things are going to be, that they're going to be, give them good cars. They're going to be able to go out and compete. But when you're in a high pressure pressure situation like this, where the team as a whole, the big picture can benefit, um, you are, I don't want to say required, but you're expected to, to uphold the values of the team. Um, we keep mentioning a lot about Ryan uh, being frustrated. Um, if you don't have Peacock, you probably did not see his interview because it wasn't played until probably about 45 or so minutes after the race. And it was, uh, played on Peacock in the, in the post-race show. And um, Ryan is talking with Dave Burns and uh, Dave asks him, you know, Ryan, you're, you're pretty visibly frustrated when you got out of the car. Can you talk about why? And, you know, Ryan, again, I mean, he's frustrated, you know, kind of says, you know, that why he didn't, didn't say, why would you ask me? He called it a dumb question. And he basically said, we didn't win. You know, I wanted to win. Uh, I have some quotes here from him not necessarily from that interview, but I think from when he you has to continue to talk to the media, but he just said, I wish we could have won one. I wish we could have won one. So he's thinking of the year as a whole, you know, he's coming off a season where they won three races comes into this season. He gets one victory at Texas in the all-star race, but it's not a points paying race and mm-hmm. people write that one off pretty quickly. Uh, we had a great car to do it and it just didn't happen. I'm proud of the effort. We had a winning car and it just didn't happen. 
Um, he goes on a little bit later uh, to talk about, um, I think Dave Burns actually in that interview flat out asks him, uh, you could have, you know, you could have passed your teammate. Why didn't you go, go up and pass your teammate? Did you not pass him on purpose? Um, in that interview, Ryan basically said, you know, he tried, but there's too much dirty air. Uh, later on in interviews, he says, you can't pass anybody, get behind someone, you get tight, it takes your air away, and that's all you can do. So, I mean, Ryan's not going to flat out come and say, no, uh, there were team orders, I wasn't allowed to pass. Um, I think maybe there could have been some other things he could have said, uh, but I mean, no matter what, it would be in the same thing. He could have said, you know, I just didn't want to put Joey in a bad position, I didn't want to do this or that. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, he finished second, had the fastest car. I think I said to you, you know, that's probably the most, and Dave Burns noticed it too. And I think that's why he asked the question. That was probably the most, uh, visually or physically angry I've seen him in a long time. And I think it's a culmination of things. I think it's a culmination of the last three weeks or three or four weeks. It's a culmination mm-hmm. of the entire season going winless, a uh, culmination of being just so close you know, close for, I think the third time of basically winning a Daytona 500 and comes up short. And then you end the season in second position, watching your teammate go and win a second championship. So um, we talked about feelings. We talked about the stages of grief. You talked about people getting angry on our Twitter posts and other people's posts. And you know what, whatever your process is, I wish people were maybe a little bit more classy about it, but um, whatever gets you through it. I told you, it's like, I wasn't mad at the situation. I was sad. I was disappointed. I, maybe I process things a little bit different. You know, Ryan's pretty frustrated and, and angry, and, but like and, you said, a couple of days later, yeah. things sink in, maybe a bonus check rolls in here or there, and you, <laughs> you might feel a little bit better and, and look look forward to 2023. You know, the, the, they have these team meetings afterward, you know, people will sit down and talk and they'll, they'll talk through some things and, you know, hopefully... Uh, there's good communication, but the reality is, is once again, you catch things like, like, like listening to the, the scanner per se, you catch things in the heat of the moment. Um, you know, he got out of that car extremely angry and, um, he never had much time to cool down. And then the first thing he gets is questions that are just kind of like that are fishing for an aggressive answer. And he gives an aggressive answer and, um, you know, it just, in a day or two or a week or a month, or maybe he's just totally angry from now till next year. You know what? Maybe that's some, some guys are motivated that way. Um, some guys get that way. Uh, but this year as a whole, um, I always like to find, you know, you know, me, I the positivity in it. I find certain things that are bright spots um, in years past uh, and different cars, different drivers, um, you saw certain guys at certain types of tracks. In other words, like this guy, we knew at you know, went to Dover, he was going to be really good at Dover and maybe he was really good at Martinsville, but anytime they went to a mile and a half, he was horrible or whatnot. And this year with Ryan, this car, I felt every weekend going into a race, he could win that race. There was almost no weekend that I can really recall where I didn't feel even Richmond. Yeah, even Richmond. He's conquered Richmond. He's he has become way better at Richmond than 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 anybody thought. Darlington, really, really good at Darlington both times, finished pretty well. Um, so yeah, every weekend now, this this year and now going forward, you know, and he 
has that standard too. And that's the thing. He has that standard of, he believes he should win every week. And, um, it'll be great to see that approach in action next year as they go through another year of this car. Um, what's super about it is that especially in, in the playoffs, um, the Penske team, the Penske, uh, organization as a whole gave them the best equipment. I mean, what him and Joey came out and did what did on at Phoenix in the practice and in, in the qualifying was incredible. Um, Honestly, it, even what Austin Sindrick did, you know, I think he, you know, went through more rounds than anybody expected. Mm-hmm. I think it just goes to show what they'd brought as a, as a company as a whole. Yeah. And then, you know, take, take the race itself. Um, you know, Joey wins the race. We know Ryan was faster than Joey by two tenths, most of the race, but Joey was still faster than most of the field by at least a 10th, you know? So as an organization, the two of them, they, they set the cars up similarly and so forth. They, they had, you know, better equipment than people think, uh, pit crews that came around by the end of the year and were extremely good, even though they mixed and matched and moved guys around. Um, they had, they had great chemistry and we're doing 10 second and sub 10 second stops in the last couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, all these things are pointing toward next year. You don't want to have to wait till next year. You know, um, only one guy gets to be champion. And the thing is, you look around the room and you realize the champion was, your teammate and driving the same equipment you're driving. So even more, do you, you should feel like you can go ahead and do it yourself this year or next year. So the one thing I will say, and I've kind of, uh, you know, we have a pretty active discord chat during races and throughout the week. And, you know, after the race, the one thing that I basically said, like what, what needs to change for next year? And I, I said, you know, they need to execute in all aspects, you know, and I think we've talked about this already. Um, except for that one that win at Atlanta nearly all of Ryan's victories have come in races where it was last lap heroics last stage heroics like the car finally coming on and then going to drive to a victory um this week at Phoenix um this year might have been one of their most one of their best executed races of the year in all aspects they need to dominate races his teammate dominates races. Um, you know, Joe Gibbs racing cars dominate races. Champions dominate races. And that's something that this team needs to learn to do. And I think they are they are capable of doing it. And they showed it this week at Phoenix. Um, the, the one thing that gives me any solace in this race is that that's 100%. Also, if, if it's possible to have be co-dominant, the 12 and the 22 were co-dominant in this race. And the 22 except for one pit stop early on executed their strategy perfectly. They executed pit stops perfectly. He gained positions in his last pit stop. He executed that last restart perfectly and he gets the lead. You know, Ryan does come out, goes in with the lead, comes out one spot. We said that's not that big of a deal, but who knows if they come out with the lead, if things are a little bit different, Ryan's leading the race, Joey gets the second and that's how it ends. So you have to be perfect this is big time auto racing. This is a NASCAR cup series. This is as high as it gets in North American motorsports, especially when it comes to stock cars, it's not going to be easy. The season ends though. Ryan finishes eighth in the standings. Um, no question that he's one of the best drivers out there. No question that he was the best Ford driver out there, even though his Ford teammate uh, and Joey wins the championship. Um, but consistency wise all year long running up there, 
Um, I, I saw so much did, potential next year. I saw somebody did the the old point standings too, and the, if you did, did the old point standings, he's, he's finished second. <laughs> yeah, you know, behind the um, uh, behind the nine. Chase, yeah, yeah, and it was like fifty-one or sixty-one points behind him. So without he, a win, without a win. So you know, take take what what you can from that too. Um, yeah, the amazing thing of like all the different winners this year and everything else definitely made it historic uh, historic season. But um, and somebody pointed out the stat about this one was kind of misleading had nobody led over a thousand laps since the first time that's happened since the sixties. Yes. Long time. Uh, but there's seven road courses now too. So there's a lot less <laughs> laps to be led. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of, that was a little bit misleading of a stat. That was kinda, a little uh, bit. I mean, we've had a lot yeah. of road courses the last couple of years though. And we've still gotten there, but yeah, it's still the years yeah, a whole well, is kind of up for grabs. You're taking, you're taking a couple hundred laps away with, by adding it, getting up to seven road courses. But, um, this year, um, especially, but uh, we've been doing this for a couple of years now and, um, you know, the coverage we do, uh, the way we do it, like I said, I've seen huge improvements and, uh, the team having to deal with the new car and everything, um, that, uh, they, they, they didn't take them long. It didn't seem like it took them very long to click in and get it. And now it'll be interesting to see how much more they apply during the off season can figure out how to make it even faster you know uh, i'm sure there can be some changes that nascar is going to want to make i heard that they're already talking about some aero things to help on the short tracks and yep. so forth and that's that's fine um but watch watch what penske does with that you know um i i just can't wait i already can't wait it's like what is it 104 well, days, a little less than three. 104 yeah. days to the Daytona 500. Well, let's not forget two weeks before that we get the clash. So, you know, let's, let's get, uh, let's get to next year and get it going. You know, these guys are already chomping the bit. And then, um, this year we have had personal journeys with getting to meet more people because of, um, doing this podcast. And I really, really, really want to thank a lot of these people, um, it's also something that it, once you get to know some of them, um, you're, you're rooting for not just Ryan, but you're rooting for everybody involved uh, because you know what, what the effort, what sacrifice um, you could say, yeah, it's their job, but um, what they put on the line in their job is pretty amazing. Um, you know, getting to meet Jonathan and uh, you know, this was his first year as a crew chief and uh it's some struggles with the whole thing where he got to sit out a couple of weeks, you know, and so forth. And the team still performed really well. And that's his leadership, you know, and say what you think you want to say about it, but he was actually really good. I saw a lot of pit calls this year that worked and uh, they would not have worked in years past. Uh, it's it, he, he actually calls really good races and, and when things click, I mean, like I said, like this past weekend, once again, when things click, they're there. So, um, you know, great to get to meet him this year. Hopefully we continue to get to talk to him as, as, as years go. And, uh, you know, can't wait for that relationship between him and Ryan to grow. Um, you know, we've uh, met people like, uh, like, um, uh, Justin, uh, our, uh, Bosch drives the hauler for, for, uh, Penske team Penske, um, you know, he, he got us, uh, some access into some things that we got to see some things, uh, 
from the inside of, of the team uh, on a race day and on a race weekend. Um, and these are things that I, I've never got to experience before and uh, really, really cool to be able to see what happens behind the scenes on a race weekend from the team standpoint. Um, Dave, Dave Nichols got to meet Dave in person. Uh, you know, he's called mule and then you see him behind the scenes and you realize why he's called mule. There's like 10 gazillion tires at Darlington and, and he has to bring every one of those things from here to there, to here, to there. And then he's checking them constantly and working on the air pressures on them and, you know, and all the different things that he does, you know, um, so, you know, hopefully we get to continue some of those relationships. We got to interview, uh, uh, Raymond Fox, the third, uh, this year on the podcast. And, uh, the car chief is something that people don't know a lot about. They don't realize, you know, they hear about engineers, but, um, as far as executing the plan and putting it together and, um, the mechanical end of things, you know, engineer can tell you all he wants about how he thinks it should be engineered, but the mechanical guy on the other end has to put that into practice and know what, what he can and can't do to get that car operating properly. And uh, some of the things that him and his crew did this year were heroic um, that you wouldn't even think twice about during a normal season. uh, But they don't make the playoffs without his guys jumping over the wall at Daytona and fixing the car and getting it back out there. And then all the circumstances that happen afterward, um, if they're not on the track, that, that doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, and at Bristol, the same thing, they, you know, they, they bring that thing behind the wall and they fix it. They make sure they get their points for the night and get to the next round. Um, so, um, we've had some, some really cool opportunities this year to meet these people, talk to these people and uh, get insight from them. And, uh, it makes you really, really root for all of them. Uh, not just for Ryan on a weekend. Yeah. So let's talk about, again, everything that you said from, from Jonathan, the support that, you know, I mean, Josh Williams, you mentioned him at the top of the show, Mm -hmm. all the support that he's given us, you know, talking to a couple of knucklehead race fans Mm -hmm. um, willing to come on and give us his time here on, on the, on the show. Um, Yeah. Special thanks out to Josh, out to Raymond, out to Justin, uh, Dave Nichols. Um, A lot of these guys have embraced us as just, you know, a couple of fans that, um, I think that they know have their backs and, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of the thing because we have Ryan's back. We, we want them to succeed because if they succeed, Ryan succeed. And we hope that, you know, um, this outlet that we have can also help tell their stories as well. Yeah. Um, Donald Hawk, yes. um, this year we interviewing the, the chairman and CEO, you know, and, and of, uh, of the, of the, um, SRX, Superstar SRX, Racing yeah, Superstar Racing. I was getting all choked up because I was thinking about it. It's like, he's like, Hey, you know, come on down. You know, he gets us passes, make sure we're able to take pictures that we need to take. And he's calling me the, uh, two, three days before the race. And I'm going to drive up there. How do where, where am I going? What am I doing? How am I, you know, he just was just such a great, gracious guy, uh, inside the sport. And, you know, he's ta- tells us the story about how he signed Ryan and his dad, uh, to race the SRX race and to have it at Sharon Speedway this past year. Um, you know, while we're there, uh, we met, uh, we met Joey Logano that night, you know, while we were there, Joey comes all the way, uh, from Pocono that weekend just to do the color commentary for that race, you know, but, uh, you know, we are, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to have this, this show for fans by, you know, by fans. And, um, these people have reached out and, and given us their time and just a little bit of their time like that means so much to us. It's, it's unbelievable. 
how enjoyable. And I just go back and think about all these things as the years went on, you know, um, the, the, the season would love for the season to end it on the most highest of high notes, you know, um, I think we're going to just need to keep doing the podcast till it happens. So, you know, um, next year, hopefully it'll happen. Right. But you know, the thing is, is, um, that you get to know these people, you get to meet these people and it makes you root for these people, um, even more, you know, because, uh, the sport is not a bunch of unapproachable, uh, standoffish type people. They're human like anybody else. And they try and really hard, like anybody else would. And, uh, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what the future brings for everybody. Yeah. One of their last, uh, set of folks, maybe, uh, we owe some gratitude to is the, the people from the Ryan Blaney family foundation. Yeah. Um, between Aaron Blaney, uh, Emma, Leah, um, uh, everybody else that's in Lynn or Lisa, you know, when we got to, to talk, chat with her a little bit at the golf outing, um, everybody involved in that foundation, all the great work that they're doing, all the money that they're trying to raise. Um, quite honestly, when we launched into doing the podcast, I thought it was also going to be a great outlet to try and extend their reach. Um, you know, just to, to just maybe, be slightly be, be a part of that or to support them as much as we possibly can. And that's, I've said it before. That's why I end every episode by giving you information on the Ryan Blaney family foundation and how you can get involved and donate. And we talk about their events and support their events. And um, they've also opened doors for us too this year. And um, we couldn't do, uh, we couldn't do a lot of this, couldn't have experienced a lot of this, couldn't have the drive to do a lot of this without, without people like them too. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they, they set up those tents at, uh, at Shannon Speedway the night of the, um, the night of the SRX race, they set up, uh, they had the tent over at, uh, the Indianapolis motor speedway, um, that weekend. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to do that more in the future. Um, but having them come on and be able to tell us exactly what's going on. And then they invite us, uh, to, to participate, uh, in the, uh, the, the event at Charlotte and uh, hopefully we represented, uh, represented Brian Blaney fans. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I know we dressed up really, pretty nicely <laughs> for, for the event. Um, but Patty Auber, um, you know, Patty, sorry, 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 yeah, Patty. I yeah, didn't include yeah, you when I mentioned the folks is, is someone else we want to mention in there too, because Patty is, you know, runs, helps run that organization and, uh, with her and, and the girls all together, um, really had a great year for the organization. Um, the two different focuses that they have, uh, you know, the Alzheimer's and then the, uh, the Pittsburgh, uh, sports medicine, uh, you know, with the concussion stuff. So, uh, we did get to participate in that, uh, outing down there in Charlotte and, um, uh, just things that I would never, once again, never dreamed of doing. Um, I, I hopefully am able to help and give back anytime I can to those people. Um, because uh, they're trying to do something good for, for, you know, great causes. And, um, you know, we just mention it sometimes at the end of podcasts, but when we have them on, it really means a lot. And hopefully people go back and listen to those podcasts, especially because uh, there's good information there and, and you can hear about the passion that they have for, for what they're trying to do. So again, we wrap up the season for Ryan Blaney. We still have a little bit of other things to cover in the podcast, mm-hmm. but yeah, 36 starts. 12 top fives, which is a new career record, 17 top tens, an average start of 10.1, an average finish of 13.6, three DNFs. He also tied his career mark in polls with three polls, 
early in the season, though he's so close to one at Phoenix uh, this past week, but he had a pull at Phoenix, a pull at uh, Circuit of the Americas on the road course, and a pull at Richmond, which we probably never thought was possible. Uh, finishes eighth in the overall standings, uh, 17th in the owner's points, if anybody cares about that. Um, so um, success, nearly uh, you know, a successful year on paper, uh, came up just short of some of their goals for sure, but it was an exciting season overall. So we have some more work to do, Steve, and that is to crown our champion in the team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. So why don't we jump into those results? And, you know, it's just starting off here um, when you uh, just have like the basic league because, you know, we're not, you know, we're not Sirius XM. We're not like some of, you know, the bigger outlets. So our leagues are capped at 100 people. And, you know, we've had, you know, filled up to 100 pretty quickly. We had a couple stragglers here and there. We had people still asking to join throughout the, the year. Um, really, really appreciate everybody that played along with us uh, week in, week out. Uh, tons of people that, you know, weren't just setting a lineup one time and forgetting it. Uh, tons of people involved in this. Tons of people hitting us up on social media, through the Discord, getting excited when they won, you know, the points earned or won a race weekend. Um, it was definitely a lot of fun this year. Um, as usual, I didn't perform that well. Steve did, you know, a little bit better, uh, than most. I think my wife did a lot better than me. Um, but let's take a look. We had one last shot here, uh, at Phoenix. And I have to tell you, um, I guess I didn't realize that the, <laughs> the championship four guys, um, I understand that they don't get stage points in the, like in the grand scheme of things, but I thought in fantasy, they would at least give them to us. Uh, and that didn't happen. So uh, I started three of the four, uh, uh, chase or uh, championship four guys and that didn't work out for me. Uh, so, uh, or at least, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, three of the four. So my starting lineup, Kevin Harvick, um, who actually got me a ton of points here, 41 points, uh, always good at, at Phoenix, um, actually extends his streak now. I don't think they talked about it that much. I think the 18, 18 or 19 straight top 10s at Phoenix, which um, he actually gets the record on his own for the most top 10s in a row at a single track. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he was just behind Earnhardt and Richard Petty on that list. So good points day for me with him, 41 points. I started Christopher Bell, only got me 27 Chastain got me 34 because of his, you know, his finish. Uh, Kyle Busch got me 30. He had a pretty decent day. Chase Elliott only got me nine. Uh, I could have probably swapped out and should have swapped uh, Chase Briscoe, who was in my garage. But quite honestly, I was just so caught up in the the emotions and the impact of what was happening and the excitement of Ryan, you know, potentially winning the race that I didn't even give fantasy a second thought. But if I would have swapped Briscoe in, it would have got me another 48 points. Unfortunately, he's still in the garage. Um, I featured matchups. I picked Chastain over Elliott. That was correct. I picked Bell over Logano. That obviously was not right. Uh, I picked Ryan over Denny Hamlin. That was correct. And I picked Larson over Bush. That was incorrect. So I split the difference there, split it halfway on the featured matchups. Um, I did not have a good points day at all. Well, uh, what uh, you did a lot better than me, at least at Phoenix. Yeah, I did. Um, I had Harrison Burton. Um, William Byron, Cole Custer, Chase Briscoe, Kevin Harvick, and I had Truex in the garage. And if, if I would have paid attention, I would have moved Truex out of the garage. But once again, like you said, I wasn't paying attention at that point. Um, Chastain, I had that right. I had Logano, I had Ryan. The only one I didn't have was I had Larson and over Bush and Bush. Uh, Kyle Bush finished seventh, uh, very quietly. Yeah, good day for him in his final race for 
Joe Gibbs Racing. So let's take a look at the top 10 in points earned for this past week at Phoenix Raceway in the Team Blaine NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Uh, worth mentioning that I finished in the 50th position with 161 points. Uh, you actually had a pretty good day, seven, tied for 17th with 197 points, um, holding down. So um, we actually had a tie back here. Actually, I, don't know, I think the numbers are off a little bit on the website. So I'm just going to go with um, it skips from 9th to 11th here. So we're just well, going to yeah, say yeah, uh, because the tie was at the top. Oh, oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. All right. So ninth. Fry Gal 12, 209 points. Eighth, Alyssa C. That's the first time, actually, we had a tie at the top. Eighth, Alyssa C, 213. Seventh, Rochi 12, 215. This is real close. Sixth, Blaring Idiots, 218. Fifth, Blaney Cakes Beep, 221. Fourth, Montana 12 Fin, 231. Third, Two Bushes, No Johnsons, 233. And as you said, there was a tie at the top of the standings and points earned between Cheesehead Fan and uh, another uh, favorite uh, Twitter follower and Discord member, Joe Bro 1221 uh, I think he's won uh, two or three races this year yeah. as far as points earned. So congratulations to uh, Justin Hughes, I believe. Uh, 237 yeah. points tied Thank for you. most there. And I'm glad Cheesehead Fan had a good day, at least in fantasy, <laughs> at least fantasy, fantasy. fantasy. Uh, He had some good picks. Aaron Rodgers also had three... Uh, Good picks. picks. Uh, so, um, let's take a look at the top 10 in the playoff standings. Now, here's where I performed a little bit better overall. I did, uh, I think, beat you. 25th position for me, 1,846 points. Uh, you were 10 spots back in a 35th position, 1,796. So there's my bragging rights. I feel like uh, all the years that we've done this, I've beat you in the playoffs every year. Never beat you in the regular season, though. What are you going to do? <laughs> Uh, speaking of cheesehead fan in the playoff standings holding down the 10th position 1954 points eighth Clyde's chicken pit racing 1964 uh, also tied for eighth Joe Bro 1221 again 1964 seventh moose 1616 1966 uh, tied for fifth go 12 go in the Dalai Lama 4 1969 fourth Alyssa C 1977 third Joe Lopez 1 1995 Second, JD Racing, 2021 points in the first position in the playoff standings, the final playoff results. Uh, we don't really crown them as a champion, but you get the bragging rights. Blaney's Daisy, who had a good year overall, 2036 points. Uh, Blaney's Daisy wins the playoff standings in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. But now let's take a look at the overall standings and I finished 29th. A little bit disappointing for me. 29th, Team Blaney host Adam, 6,309 points. Though I will take some solace in the fact that you didn't do that great either. Uh, Mez 12, 21st position, 6,398. So looks like I, I finished 91, 90 something points back at you. So Yeah, and I forgot to set my line up how many times this year? Anywho, so let's take a look at the top 10. final results this was it this was for all the marbles team Blaney nascar fantasy live league in the 10th position two bushes no johnson's 6662 points ninth eric d15 6665 eighth blaney's daisy who won the playoff standings finishes eighth overall 6680 seventh moose hunter 1960 6683 six blaney kicks beep 6698 
fifth, Math Mom 4, who led the way for a majority of the year, falls to the fifth position, 6,722. Fourth, the Dalai Lama 4, 6,732. Third, Frygal 12 had a great year as well, 6,801. Second, JD Racing up there every week, 6,819. And the winner, two-time winner like Joey Logano, but back-to-back winner in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League, we have the unknown, that we don't know who they are, the ghost, the mirage that is Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing the winner, once again, 6,834 points. Fastest chicken in the South. Fastest chicken in the South. <laughs> those again, who know, those who know, know. If you know Clyde, if you are Clyde, yeah. send us a message on Twitter. We really want to get you some sort of a trophy, but we can't do that without uh, being yeah. able to contact you. And man, I, Clyde, two Clyde, years in a row, impressive. Clyde, please cluck for us. <laughs> Cross the road, cross Mm -hmm. the road and come to us. We'll, uh, (laughs) we'll be here. Um, but congratulations (laughs) to everybody that participated again. We had a, you know, a hundred members, uh, that participated this year in the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league. Um, very, very few of those folks that kind of trailed off at the end of the year. We had, you know, at least, you know, 70 plus people participating every week. Uh, a lot of fun, gave us some good content for the podcast. Um, and mm-hmm. there's always a little bit of a rivalry between Steve and I, even though, you know, he always beats me in the regular season. I usually give him a run in the playoffs. And um, uh, it's created a, rev- a rivalry in my household. And then halfway through the year, I understood that uh, in your household, it's actually a team sport. So that's right. That's um, right. I'll have to take that into account for next year. And I'm pretty sure I know who the mastermind is behind all of those picks. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her. So That's Steve, um, I could tell you what, it's been a long season. This is episode 41. Uh, so we previewed the year. Um, we previewed, uh, I think we talked about the clash. We had some interview episodes talked about the srx we talked about the ryan blaney family foundation we had you know josh on several times lots of lots of episodes here um from the bottom of my heart i want to thank you for two great years and the fact that you know i I joke sometimes about you know how i get to have fun on sundays and watch the race and uh sometimes even travel while the race is going on where you know steve and kate are, are held up at home or held up sometimes in hotel rooms if they are on the road, um, watching the race, taking notes. And uh, Steve's there every week to deliver a really incredibly detailed race report and uh, couldn't do this without him. I, you know, I, I want to say thanks to you because people don't realize that there have been episodes and you can tell the difference where Adam wasn't able to be here and we produced them ourselves on our end. And you can definitely tell the difference. Um, <laughs> Adam does so much behind the scenes and the social media end of, uh, of team Blaney itself, uh, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or uh, Twitter. Um, <clears throat> he does an incredible job of putting those things together and then putting this together every week. Um, luckily we've, you know, this year we uh, did a little bit differently and made it a little, hopefully sound a little more natural because uh, uh you know, we're just two guys talk, talking and sometimes we'll have some guests and hopefully we'll, we'll learn some things and hopefully you've learned some things, but, uh, 
more anything else, uh, Adam puts a lot of time and effort into this. Um, when we get done with this right now, you know, he's got to do it, he'll download this. He might have to edit that. He throws in uh, the different sound that you get to hear. Um, so uh, I want to say thank you for doing all that. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of effort and that I could maybe figure out partially how to do. And I've done little bits of it, but there's no way I could give it quite the quality uh, uh, and craftsmanship that you actually uh, put put on it and make us sound really professional uh, every week. Well, thank you for thanks. for sure, Steve. And like I mentioned about that, that mention of Team Penske being named Team Penske for a reason, I like to think of the way Team Blaney has evolved. That's named that name has worked out really well with the way that you know we've been able to to come together the last couple of years, uh, put together this this podcast. Um, you know, hundreds of people downloading this thing mm -hmm. you know this is a pretty uh, niche product that we have here yeah. Um, yeah if we're doing you know if maybe if we set out to do a an overall nascar podcast we'd be looking at fame and fortune or something but you know while we're passionate about the sport overall um we wanted to give fans of ryan blaney something unique to them specific mm -hmm. to them uh that they can use you know leading into a race following up from a race um, you know, I, I, I know they have, they have things like this for sports teams and that's kind of the model we went after, you know, you know, the 12 team is a, basically a franchise and mm -hmm. it deserves, uh, some sort of support. And, um, we were just the first ones basically to kind of step up and do that. And I, again, I hope the folks, you know, the hundreds of you that are downloading every week, you know, we really appreciate the, the support from them as well. Yeah. Subscribe. Uh, for sure, because we're not done. And uh, during the off season, we're going to, we already talked about working on some interview stuff and, and, and getting to meet uh, hopefully some more of the people at, at Penske and doing some interviews with them. Um, but the other thing is uh, you bring out how niche we are. Uh, the, uh, somebody will talk to me about my podcast or our podcast. And I will say, are you a NASCAR fan? Oh yeah. Okay. Do you know who Ryan is? And then I can look at that look in their eye and kind of tell right off the bat, well, yeah, I've seen it. Well, yeah, I kind of, well, I want everybody to listen. Don't get me wrong. I would love everybody to listen, but more than anything else, I want Ryan's fans to be able to listen. This is like we've talked about before a place for everybody to come together. And uh, so if you're listening already and you know, another Ryan fan, um, have them tune in. Let's, you know, let's get this. So the next year we've got even more people listening and we get even more people together because what's cool about it is hopefully we're bringing everybody together too. So that when there's information, um, things about, uh, you know, appearances or things about, uh, something that happened, um, we bring you the information and, and bring it uh, so everybody gets to hear it. Um, you know, and you can agree and disagree and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, journalistically, Adam tries to make sure we're on a good journalistic path where it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty good, uh, as far as facts and so forth, but, uh, a good place for everybody to come together and root together and, uh, hopefully, uh, celebrate together as the years go on. Yeah. We've brought it up before. We've talked about it in our very, very first episode, um, how we're just trying to kind of rekindle that magic from the, the old days. <laughs> it's funny for me, you know, as I get older, thinking that there are old days for me now mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. we kind of grew up as Dave Blaney fans and there's just such a wonderful community that grew around that. And, you know, if there's a way for us to even get a 10th of, of what, 
um, you know, we had with that and, and friendships that are, that are, I think are going to last, last a lifetime. Um, I think we're starting to see that a little bit this year with the, the growth of the podcast and the, the growth of the, the fan base and bringing them together. The coolest thing this year has been, you know, seeing folks at the racetrack, you know, Steve and I are pretty good about wearing our team Blaney shirts when we're at the track you know, having somebody point at you and, you know, you can see them saying like, Oh, that that's, you know, and I, I mean, I don't, nobody knows who I am really, but you know, it's yeah. like, Oh, that's, you know, that's that guy from that, that thing. <laughs> you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's enough for me. Yeah. Uh, or folks that are like, Hey, I'm at the track. Could you stop by, you know, the fan stage, you know, and say hello. Like um, it's the, it's the coolest thing because, you know, we're all here to root for one for one purpose. Um, but like I said, it's, it's the relationships that we build along the way. Um, that have really made this worthwhile for sure. Well, you know, uh, it's great that you brought Dave up because there were certain types of um, fans that were Dave's Dave's fans. And I think that's part of it to, to, to me is that um, I'm looking for those type of people still. Uh, it was, it was really cool when quickest lap existed the way it did and people would go and listen to that live uh a podcast once a week before it was a podcast live streaming show, but those people would get together at the track and they would meet up at the track. And this one would be in the campground over there. And I went to Bristol one time and start talking to this guy. And the next thing I know I'm up on the, um, uh, up on, uh, the drag strip up there, uh, at a camper. Um, I don't know if it was Chucker. It had to be Chucker yeah. because I think it was, he had the golf cart. Uh, that was like the 22 cat car, you know? So, you know, and that was the thing. It was like, you got to meet other people who rooted for the same person you rooted for and on a level of rooting for them too, that uh, you were on too, you know, uh, fan, fan being short for fanatic. Yeah. We can be a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> um, hopefully we're not stalkerish. Um, but you know, you know, we're all, if we meet others that are like us, we at least feel a little better about it that we, you know, there are others out there that are rooting just the same as we are that are taking it just the way we do and, um, hopefully enjoying it, um, in the future, uh, the way we have in the past. Absolutely. So that's our goal. We want to build a fan community. We want to support Ryan. We want to support, uh, everything that he's about support team Penske and just have fun being fans and, and watching the race every week. So, Steve, I think that wraps up the 2022 season of recaps for the Team Blaney podcast. As Steve said, just keep out, keep a lookout, keep subscribed. Who knows what will happen between uh, now and the Daytona 500. Uh, We'll definitely start picking up a little bit more. Um, Every year we try to innovate a little bit more. So maybe we'll add some different features or we'll do some more on social media. We've played around with, with video here and there. Um, this season too. So maybe look out for some more of that in, uh, in 2023. Uh, but really I just want to thank everyone once again for tuning in to this episode and all of the episodes you've t- tuned into this year and last year of the team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, and you have time in the off season to do this, listen to our very first episode that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. It will really give you some insight into why the two of us spend a couple of hours each week to record a podcast. Uh, just talking about Blaney stuff. I, I, I always point people to listen to that episode. You know, at the end, I always see something about Brussels and Dublin and, and, and I don't think people understand uh, we've got over 80 episodes, right? And there is somebody that we've tracked it because each, you can look at the different weeks and so forth who from Dublin and from Brussels every week that's listened to every episode of the podcast. And that is really impressive um, halfway around the world, wherever they are uh, following NASCAR the way they do. So 
um, you know, that's kind of cool to know. And that's part of why we, we really love doing this. Yeah. Bringing fans together together. And if those fans want to interact with us, they can do that on Facebook and Twitter at team Blaney on Instagram at team Blaney. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney family foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family sports causes like the Alzheimer's association and UPMC sports medicine. Find out more about the foundation online at Ryan Blaney family foundation.org or on any of their active social media channels. So, for my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin.